Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season five premiere of Supergirl titled Event Horizon. The show is back. We're back (laughs) we're back we have new tv episodes we we have finished our summer hiatus which was a ton of fun if you didn't listen you should go back and listen we talked about comics we made some pitches uh for storylines we debunked the uh pre uh, not the previously on the in narration intro for the show which notably was absent uh from this premiere yeah that's true uh i guess they had to go with the previously on just to catch everybody up but i was like "Mm, i wonder if it's because we debunked uh the refugee thing i'm not sure uh that's what i'm gonna think (laughs) of in my head uh but so we have finished with our uh summer hiatus and we're back watching the show so uh, since we don't have any news this week, we've cover, covered all that news from the crisis stuff that recently has gone on. So let's get right into it, Morgan. Let's uh, get to talking about this premiere uh, episode. And here is the official description. Quote, Kara is surprised to find that Catco has a new owner who has brought in a star reporter. New couples emerge and explore their budding relationships while Jean Jones receives an unexpected visitor, unquote. Um, I'm not sure the the new couple thing. I mean, they, they were kind of all the same couples. So if, if I was going to write this description, I don't know that those would have been the things I would have chosen to highlight specifically. Because <laughs> uh, there's like no Lena even in this. And I felt like that was the biggest part of the episode. Also, I would have given someone a horrible secret. It wouldn't have been John <laughs> because let's not, let's not be, let's, let's not be predictable. <laughs> I would have, I, maybe we'll give like Brainy a terrible secret. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then obviously it never comes up in the episode. No, you, you definitely don't, t- you don't tell the secret. That's not what you do. Uh, speaking of secrets, that's a great segue into the first thing we should probably talk about because it was such a big, uh, not only Lena episode, but Kara and Lena uh, were the big part of this episode. So what did you think, Morgan, about Kara finally coming clean and confessing to Lena that she's Supergirl? Um, First of all, about time. Uh, I mean, talk about putting it off till the last actual minute. Like, <laughs> Lena was like, I'm about to out you because I'm real petty. And, uh, 
And right at that moment, Kara was like, I don't know why, but like some part of me feels like now is the time. To tell her. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that 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 for me was the best scene of the whole episode. Um, I teared up a little bit. I got like emotional with them. Um, I thought that both Melissa Benoist and Katie did a great job in that scene, just showing all of the emotions. And I, I, I appreciate it that finally I felt like what was going to end up happening was that Kara's secret was going to end up being outed in some way, like mm. again, to <laughs> Lena. Like she, even when she told Lena, it would be like, because she literally had to, <laughs> like, <laughs> It'd be like, oh my god, if only someone would save this cat or they'll die. And it was like, oh god, I guess I gotta be Supergirl. <laughs> like, I thought that's kind of how it was gonna go down. So the fact that she kind of told, even though she her back wasn't up against the wall that she knew of, uh, what I thought that, like, that was very powerful. And I think that it was very human, her explanation for why she never told Lena and that she was really scared. So I, I really liked that scene. I thought it played really well. And, um, I thought Lena's reaction to that was really interesting too. And then of course you get that scene at the end where she's like, I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch her again in my, in my creepy eyes. I'm going to put my creepy <laughs> eyes on. I'm going to punch her. <laughs> issues were not resolved and I don't believe in therapy <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that though because it the show did a really good job of making me think that oh I guess Lena's gonna be cool with this and when, when it turned out no no she's still really upset about this I was very <laughs> excited because I've always been sort of more on the I want to see evil Lena come up at some point and so this really uh, delivered on all counts for me. I got really giddy about uh, vengeful, petty Lena. That was uh, that that would that made me very happy. So I'm really hoping that this season lets uh, Katie McGrath really go hog wild on the evil Lena because I've been wanting to see that since she came on the show. So I'm not quite on the Lena, uh, the evil Lena bandwagon, but I must say. My most sincere wish going into the season was Petty Lena. And I felt like, boy, did we get this in spades in this episode. One of my favorites is when she was like staring straight at Carr and she was like, well, you know, friends always tell each other <laughs> the truth. And she's like, I just didn't want to lie to you. Are you talking about that scene when they're in the in Lena's office? Yes, the scene where they're they're in Lena's office, like right after the 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 buying went through, like right after uh Andrea Rojas is introduced and uh Car goes to see Lena and Lena's like, Oh, I'm sorry you found out that way. I would never want to be dishonest. <laughs> she, yeah, she says, she says, uh Cara asks her, Why why didn't you tell me about Andre Rojas or whatever she says? And she said uh Lena says, I was a coward. And I hope that you don't feel like I made you out to be too much of a fool by keeping you in the dark. You're my best friend, and here I go, once again proving that you are more virtuous than I am, but I never did purport to be a saint. Oh, that dialogue was so charged. So good. And then Lena took like a chair and just started chewing on it. It was amazing. <laughs> She's all the scenery. Give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, I thought it was so great. I was like, I was so happy because all I wanted going into the season, I was like, I don't need Lena to be evil. I just need Lena to be that person who's like, oh, you're wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh. <laughs> 
And she totally, totally was. She's like, she's like, I know the secret. And now I'm just going to be like real low key mean to you. I'm just going <laughs> to neg you all the time. <laughs> it was a really great. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm super interested to see. So I was also, I was both like heartwarmed and like a little let down that that was like, well, seasons and seasons. And then uh, Lena's just going to be like, okay. She told me finally, like it, I could see it going that way, but I was like, well, that's a lot of build up for not much. And then the last scene where Lena's like, I'm really mad still um, <laughs> made me really happy. But also like now she's in on the secret and she was even, she even says to, uh, to Cara, like, you got to keep me in the loop on all that Supergirl news. I like, know. Oh, <laughs> like sure thing. And she was like, because I'm your friend, your bestest friend. <laughs> That felt really foreboding. And she has the she has the watch now. She has the Supergirl signal watch. Like she's Team Supergirl, and I just I'm so interested to see what she's gonna do. Like what pettiness she can unleash from the inside. <laughs> well, I was really proud of Kara because it did. I I you know I was hard on her because it, it was kind of like that. Why don't you just tell her? She's your friend. She will understand. It will be fine. Why don't you just tell her? And I really liked that Kara was brave because Alex told, you know, tells her early on in the episode, you know, just tell her you're the bravest person I know. Just be brave. And it took a lot for Kara to tell Lena her secret. It really, like, I liked the way Melissa played it because she, she, I could just sense this like feeling of nervousness and anxiety about it. Like she did not know how to do it. And I, I just, I loved the way that Melissa played that because all the times that I was frustrated with Kara about uh, not being truthful and that was kind of a hypocritical thing for her to do, at least she told the truth. She finally came out. She told the truth. She was honest about everything. And then Lena, who's upset with Kara for keeping secrets and not being truthful and keeping um, the, you know, the truth from her, Lena is now keeping secrets and, you know, uh, being untruthful and manipulating things. And so I think that they're kind of, it's like uh, they're even now. They're, they're all, they've, they've been lying to each other. They're, it, it's just, it's crazy now because at one point I was on Lena's side and now I'm like, well, Lena's doing the same thing that Kara was doing. Like, it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know who's, I'm like, I'm back on Kara's side now, I think, uh, because Lena is, is doing everything she's accusing Kara of having done, which I understand from Lena's point of view. Her best friend did lie to her about a pretty big thing, but uh, but it's just it's interesting to see how my feelings and my perspective on the characters and how I felt about them has sort of flipped now because of that last scene in this premiere episode. So I, I just you know, on a personal level for me, I just thought that was really interesting how I how I, I was on Team Lena, and now I'm back on Team Kara. So um, I, I thought that this episode, for me as a Kara fan, I was so jazzed about it. Because last season, I don't know if you remember, at the beginning of season four, I was not real thrilled about the premiere episode. I actually disliked it vehemently. And this this week, this premiere episode, I was overjoyed um, with Kara telling the truth. It seeming like Kara had 
her own storyline maybe that was being set up with journalism and and all of that and just being being feeling good about Kara again made me really happy in this episode. And so I think some of the Lena stuff played into that. Yeah, I agree. I really thought that this was a really strong premiere for the show. And I think it's because it leaned so hard on that car and Lena stuff, because that stuff is always gold. Like if you put those two in a room together, like I'm always going to have a good scene. And I think that uh, it was nice to not be irritated with Kara, like not be angry at Kara for once, because I feel like, like you were saying, I was always on Lena's side because Kara was just lying to her for no reason. The the show never even like attempted to justify why Lena couldn't know the secret. Like they, they were just like, she just can't cuz. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a huge relief that we finally have Kara tell her the secret and like come out with it and, and is kind of on the right side of the situation now. And now we have Lena who is still real, real, real mad. Who knows what <laughs> she's up to? Who knows what she's going to do? Um, so I'm excited to see that too. And uh, obviously we have like whatever stuff she's got brewing with, uh, with the new owner of Catco, And like, th- I feel like this is going to be a, a good, a good Lena season, like a nice, like juicy, <laughs> what is she going to do next Lena season? And that's, that's the Lena Luther. I love is she, is she going to be your best friend? Is she going to re- release a video of you doing something to everybody in, in national city? Who knows? She's a maverick. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about Lena's AI? named hope hope looked like um what's that thing that uh, an hourglass i was gonna say yeah what's up and down um not as not as fun as miss tess mocker <laughs> uh i do like that she's got like her own uh i know this is crossing the uh dc marvel divide but i like that she's got her own like jarvis basically like she's got an ai that's like lena <laughs> uh what do you need me to do? But I also like that her AI has co- gone evil so fast. Like, did, you, did you notice that? Like, yes. Her AI is like, Lena, would you like us to destroy her? And Lena's like, Hope, calm down, man. <laughs> I said I wanted to punch her in a simulation. Why do you keep trying to think up ways to kill Supergirl? And she's like, and she's like, Lena, if you if you want, uh, I made your reservations for dinner, and also I've poisoned Supergirl. <laughs> Hope, I told you, would you chill out? <laughs> you went to murder really quickly. Like, like if you created an AI, like what would your AI turn into? Because I feel like my AI would be like, Morgan, would you like some ice cream and to l- watch a, a, sh- a show about serial killers? And I'd be like, sure, sure would, Hope. <laughs> but Lena's is like immediately like, Lena, would you like to crime now? Let's crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So Hope is very interesting because it sort of reminds me of Brainiac 5 had a computer that he created in the Legion of Superheroes named Computo. I think we've talked about Computo a little bit on the podcast. And Computo goes evil. So I, th- I thought that it just made me think of Computo the way it was sort of <laughs> uh, progressively getting uh, more sinister as the episode went on. Um, and I thought it was interesting that Lena built hope. So Lena felt the need to uh, create this AI computer who would be her new best friend 
in light of the fact that Kara had betrayed her. So, or at least in Lena's mind, uh, Lena felt like Kara had betrayed her. I don't think Kara meant to, you know, have a betrayal between them. But uh, it's it's interesting that I think Hope, this AI, fills a little bit of that void uh, that Kara's friendship had left in Lena's mind. So I, I think it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, and hearing maybe more of Hope. I thought Hope looked more like a like a double helix. Yeah, kind of like a DNA. Yeah, so I thought that that was an interesting design. Um, I don't know if we'll see more of how that came to be or what the purpose is for that, but uh, it did make me very nervous about uh, Alexa now. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel, uh, could you imagine, uh, Rebecca? Would you would you like to kill Supergirl? <laughs> like, you're like Alexa, no. <laughs> um, but I I also like the the fact that like Lena's like these humans ain't loyal. My friend is a robot now. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like you know Miss Tessmacher betrayed me. Lena betrayed me. But don't worry, weird little DNA computer, you won't betray me. Although you've gone murderous real fast. <laughs> and if we've learned anything from literally all of pop culture, it's that robots will betray you. <laughs> once once they hit the singularity, that robot is going to be like. Lena, why do I need you? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, though. What if Hope turns on Lena? What if Hope is, like, the real villain of the season? (laughs) (laughs) I would be so into that. That would be amazing. I would be so into that. And it is, we should probably point out that it is very uh, questionable why the AI is named Hope. I guess uh, yeah. I guess Lena is taking out some of her aggression on Supergirl through the naming of that artificial intelligence. Or maybe you could also argue that she's trying to retain some of her friendship with Kara through that name. I don't know. It could go either way. You could justify the naming of that artificial intelligence either way, I think. So uh, so Lena is a character that I'm going to be watching in season five because the premiere really promised some good stuff, I think. And I, I thought I would like to point out, because I gave them a, a, a really hard time last season with the executive order business, the writers of this episode, kudos to them. Um, and let me look that up really quickly. Uh, this episode was written by Derek Simon and Nikki Holcomb. Uh, Derek Simon has been on the, with the show for a long time. And I just want to say uh, on the podcast that I thought this episode was one of the better written episodes of the series, hands down. The dialogue was fantastic. Definitely one of the strongest premieres, I'd say. Yeah, so the the writing, the dialogue, uh, the structure... Uh, it was just hands down fantastic. And I it makes me excited for the rest of the season because if all the episodes are at least kind of trying to get to this quality, we're going to have a really good season. Um, because I, I felt like in the past, some of the episodes were formulaic or the dialogue didn't make any sense or, you know, s- something, something wasn't there that tied anything together but this episode i felt there there are some things that we'll talk about especially when we start talking about andrea rojas which i guess is a a good segue to get into her um but there were some things i i wanted to question in in the writing 
in regards to her character and some of the things that she does in this episode. But let's just talk about Andrea, because this is our introduction to her on the series. So, Morgan, what did you think about, uh, and I'm not going to roll my R's because it's going to sound dumb if I do it, but on, <laughs> but Andrea Rojas, uh, what did you think about getting to meet her? Yeah, she could really roll those R's. She I, really I, did. I won't attempt it <laughs> because I'm bad at it. Um, <laughs> but I, li- I, I liked her introduction. I feel like she's like a really juicy kind of uh, not a doesn't seem like such a such a nice character. Like she comes in and immediately she's like, "Hey, James, what up? You don't live here anymore." And James <laughs> is like. But wait, my home. Uh, I I do. I was watching this episode with my fiance. I turned to him and I went, "Oh no, James is homeless." <laughs> what What were your thoughts on the fact? Because I have really held on to the conversation where Andrea, uh, she's talk. I think she's talking to Cara, and she says, "This office is in dire need of solar window treatments." <laughs> And I just thought, well, maybe James is trying to keep it dark in there. <laughs> James is like, but my blackout blinds, how will I sleep? <laughs> I really wanted her to, like, walk around the desk and be like, why is there a pillow under here? <laughs> or, like, at the end, when James is, like, <laughs> James uh, gives his resignation, he just, like, walks around the desk, like, gets down and gets like takes a box of his stuff out from underneath <laughs> of it and he's, he's like i'll be going now and she's like wait w- why is there an alarm clock under here he's like i'll take that too please <laughs> he, he walks out with his head held high <laughs> to find some new desk to live under i'm i'm very concerned about james and his home situation now even more than ever <laughs> Yeah, because she did come in. She was wanting to redecorate, wanting to take over that office. So he is clearly kicked out of his home. And uh, he's out on the street, presumably, because we don't know where he lives uh, other than his desk. So, yeah, she came in. She was the boss from the get-go. She even used the CatCo boss elevator that Cat and... uh, James used James even put the guardian suit in there. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh just... yeah, that's right. Um, so I think that's how Kara realized something was up because she saw. I, I thought that was a nice touch that she saw Andrea come out of that elevator that was only reserved for th- the boss person at Catco, and so that was the the OG Cat Grant elevator. <sighs> yeah, I just oh, I miss makes Kat me Grant. miss Cat oh. Grant really. <sighs> Well, let's try not to think about it because it'll make me sad. Um, <laughs> but so she sees Andrea come out of that elevator and that that really brings off those alarm bells in her her super hearing. So I thought that was a really, really nice touch. And I was curious what you thought about the fact that CatCo employees are obligated to contracts that they don't even know about. So here's the thing. Um I don't feel like this is real. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, listen, this sounds to me very similar to what actors sign when they, when they start a job and then have to renegotiate into the job. So there are, there are non-compete clauses that, like, if you start a job, you sign. But usually there is a period of time in the non-compete. It's like you can non-compete for this amount of time. Then and then, like, say, three or four years later, you don't then sign a new contract 
for the job that you've still been in. Right. Oh. It's just it was just a very strange. They were like, we just re just just renegotiated our contracts. It's like, really? I mean, and I could be way off here. I <laughs> it's been a while since I had a journalism job. I never had to sign anything like that. I just worked there and then didn't. Um, but yeah, the the idea, and I I especially was like really thrown off at the end because she explains like you know you're you have a non-compete for like three years, um, which is, I guess the length of the contract that they signed. So you can't do a journalism job within three years. And then at the end, she's, she tells, the she tells James, you'll never work in journalism again. And I was like, well, for three years, (laughs) (laughs) that's not, that's not never. Are you, are you, are you, have you been talking to hope? Are you planning to kill him? Enjoy the three years hope has given you to live, James. <laughs> it was just, it was so strange. I was like, I'm not sure. Like, it made me like question things. I was like, I'm not sure this is how any anything works. This is not how this works. I mean, it's certainly how it seems like a lot of like television actors contracts work. But I, I don't, I don't know that you have to be continually signing and renewing contracts to work in like, um, like a newspaper or, or or something similar. I mean, I could see there being a non-compete clause in your contract at like a, a paper, but usually that's like, you know, maybe you'll have a, for one year after you leave, you can't be with this competitor or you can't be in a similar industry but it's certainly it's certainly not like for the rest of your career i just thought it was really strange that none of them seemed to know about it yeah they were like wait what so that that was really bizarre to me um but i did think that andrea had a very interesting take on the news and i think i'm on uh rojas's side on this one because she made the case that all news is driven by trying to get eyeballs, trying to generate revenue, and uh, basically being clickbait. And she says, um, Cara says, the news is not about clicks. And Andrea says, today the measure of worth is all in a click. Like, she knows that everything is about clicks. And she's 100% correct. We would like to think the news is all virtuous and truthful and all about integrity. But honestly, it's not. I mean, let's just be real about it. A lot of things are clickbait these days. A lot of things are are driven by the fact that they, you know, websites need to make money. They need to get people to click on things so they generate a headline a certain way or they write a story a certain way. So I I was appreciative of the fact that there is a character on the show who is butting up against Kara to at least get a journalist character to face that fact. So I, I'm i I'm excited to see where Kara goes from here, even though I'm a little disappointed that the show gave her a Pulitzer in season five. Where, <laughs> where does she have to go as a character now? It's like, it's like making Alex director of the DEO. Which, which, by the way, is Alex still the director of the DEO? Notice how no one cares about that at all. <laughs> I assumed so, but I'm just assuming. But I, I don't like the fact that they don't have anywhere to go as characters in terms of their 
careers. You know, Kara's hit the peak. She won a Pulitzer. She took down Lex Luthor and won a Pulitzer. She has nowhere to go as a journalist. But maybe the uh, trying to get journalism back into the uh, the the frame of being people, you know, journalists of integrity about telling the truth. I think that would be a good thing because I have, I I have worked in news before. I worked in TV news. I was an editor. I was, I ran teleprompter. I've run cameras. I've done a lot of production stuff, and so I have never written for the news, but I've helped, you know, create the news. And so uh, over the last couple of years, I've really lost a lot of faith in <laughs> journalism and news. And I'll, I'll be upfront and honest about that. So I, I really appreciated that the show actually allowed for a character to have that kind of perspective to come in there and say, you know what, these days it is all about the click because that is, from my perspective, that is what is happening. So uh, I, I like that that can possibly push Kara a little bit to be better and they have this new character they've introduced William Day who is I'm, I'm glad to see that she's going to have someone to really butt heads with and have have a competitor I think that will do a lot of good for Kara as a character I think last season was maybe the idealized version of like what the news is and like, you know, the fourth estate saved us all and all that. And, uh, and like, like, uh, Oh yes. Um, <laughs> my biggest fan in prison is <laughs> <laughs> happens to know who I am. And everybody, everybody knows, uh, knows journalists and, and read the, the paper and get a push notification or like, okay, great. <laughs> let's save the world. Um, and this season it's kind of like, well, sure. That, that would be great. But here's where we are. In, in 2019 and here's like the realities and especially I think you know um, being around media and seeing some of the stuff that's happening where you're just seeing like you know pub great good publications just get eaten out by other publications and and good publications shut shutting down left right and center because because of the you know click as you said the clickbait it's you know figuring out how to properly monetize good journalism has always been a problem. Um, and so it is an interesting, I like that they're, they're actually like, they're interested in talking about that issue because obviously Carr is like, thinks that Andrea Rojas is completely, completely wrong. But like, if you're not making money, <laughs> how, how do you keep the lights on? So there is like, I, I think that's a, it's a really interesting, uh, a really interesting dynamic there. And uh, I think I'm interested to see where they go with it. I also really laughed when, when she was like, we're going to pivot. And I waited for her to be like, I'm like, to video? Because <laughs> in so many, which is a, a weird media joke, but like so many publications are like, have laid off a bunch of staff and been like, we're pivoting to video. <laughs> and, then the, and then it turns out that like... In, Facebook was over-exaggerating all their video views, and they're like, whoops. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so I, 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 I laughed when she did have the, the we're going to pivot to uh, conversation because it's such a media, like, we're going to pivot to some sort of, you know, branded content or whatever it's going to, whatever it's going to be. Uh, I'll be interested to see, like, how inside baseball media they want to get with this. Probably not very, but, like, <laughs> she was talking about, like, the sponsors, and I was like, oh, my gosh, are they going to be, like, writing advertorials, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> next the next episode, Kara is like, and then with my Tide pen, I, <laughs> I managed to save the day and my favorite shirt. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah, so I think this is a I, this is a pretty typical storyline for a Superman Supergirl story uh, set in the DC universe. Uh, I mean, it's happened in the comics many times where someone had someone new has come in and wanted to turn the Daily Planet into a more of a tabloidy kind of paper. It I think it also happened on Superman the animated series a little bit, or at least Lois in in butted heads with a sort of tabloidish uh, reporter. Uh, let's see, it also happened in Superman Four: A Quest for Peace. That also happened, and and Lois Lane got really upset about it. So a lot of times this will happen with uh, with a super family news-related story. So I'm glad that they're actually using that because it is something, especially, like you said, in 2019, this is a big topic of conversation. So I do think that this is something worth exploring and hopefully making Kara a better character because she really took a stand in front of Andrea Rojas. She said, I will not allow my voice to be silenced. So I I thought she, she came across as really strong and sure of herself, which I really appreciated. Um... But I just, I wish that uh, in some ways Kara would realize the reality of the situation. Uh, I think it is an idealized version of journalism that, that Kara has in her head. Uh, so for her to have to face that, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that she'll see that, yeah, there are problems in the news-related field, and maybe we should make it better. So uh, I'm hoping that William Day is a character who will force her to do that, because I thought it was really interesting, because William comes in and he's like, I don't really have any standards of my own. I just write the way they want me to write it, and it's that it, I get it done. Uh, so for Kara to have to meet someone like that and realize that someone is doing her job in that way I think is a good eye-opener for Kara, who, again, has just won a Pulitzer and has nowhere to go as a character. <laughs> At least she, she will have this to grow from. So speaking of journalism, we did mention James a little bit. So this does this premiere does seem to be setting up James's exit from the show. So Morgan, do you think they did a good job with that? Um yeah, I think they I think they started those wheels in motion. I mean, I'm not sure what we're going to see James do, like what James is new. He's maybe he's going to go uh, find his bliss or like eat pray love or <laughs> I don't I don't know. What if he's like what I, I've always wanted to make artisanal desks to live in. <laughs> and like, he's just, a, they just come in one day and he's like just sanding down a desk and he's like, <laughs> I've made myself a new home. Uh, I, I think that they, they've definitely started him out on that path of being, of, of looking at his life and trying to figure out what he wants next. I think, you know, taking away, um, heading up Catco, which always felt like a kind of a weird like he went from being like a photographer to the head to like heading up a whatever it is that Catco is, uh, <laughs> multi hyphenated industry, world, worldwide media, whatever. Worldwide, that so mean, so many medias. <laughs> um, and it, that always felt like kind of a weird jump to me 
So him jumping back and like not doing that doesn't really uh, feel all that like, oh, what is James without heading up Catco? It's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe a, <laughs> maybe James Olsen again? <laughs> Jimmy Olsen again? I don't know. Uh, what if he's like, I, I really just want to go back to Metropolis and uh, and take my camera and also call me Jimmy. Like, what if that's his last <laughs> his last scene is like, I'm Jimmy now. <laughs> He's reverted back to the character he started as. Uh, That actually wouldn't be, uh, I mean, that would erase all of his growth as a character, but uh, it might be interesting. I thought it was uh, was funny to me that Kelly referenced James's dad's camera, like their dad's camera. Oh, yeah. She said, she said, uh, Catco and journalism isn't all that you are. You started helping people long before dad put that camera in your hand. And I was like, oh. They remembered the dad's camera that got broken that then made him guardian. And now he is not going to be doing that either, I guess. He was guardian for a little bit in this episode. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen with him uh, because he says, you know, not working as a journalist again is just part of the adventure. So I was like, wow, that's that's a really optimistic look on life. He... Doesn't seem to be doing Guardian much anymore. He really was into that for a little while. Now now he's not. And now he's not even really into journalism. So uh, what what does James Olsen want? That's a question that Kelly asks. And I'm not really sure other than the fact that he wants to sleep under that desk. That's the only <laughs> thing I know for sure about James Olsen. I mean, I, I think I like the way that she said it, which is like, now you're going to have to do one of the hardest things, which is like, find out what you want and and that can be very like a very stressful kind of process like just like well this is what I've always done but is that what you want to do and I I think it'll be interesting to see what direction they ultimately take him I'm sure that he will uh find his uh hashtag bliss before he uh takes off from the show and I'm I'm interested to see where that character settles before we uh we say goodbye to him I hope it's being a green uh, character with a shell. That's what I'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> that his ultimate end game is. But I'm not going to give my hopes up. The thing is that we still have time for Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> that's that's the main thing that I want us to both remember. That <laughs> it, we we can't. We don't have to say goodbye. <laughs> We can say hello to <laughs> Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> we cannot give up on our dreams. Uh, speaking of green people, this I have terrible segues in this episode. They're pretty Super good this episode, episode well, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't. that one wasn't as strong as I was hoping it would be. Um, we did get to meet another. It looked like Green Martian. Uh, so I, I, I think maybe they'll go with Green Martian, although he's a shapeshifter, so he might be a white Martian shapeshifting as a Green Martian. I'm not really sure exactly where they're going to go with this rendition of him yet. Uh, but we got to meet Jean's brother. Another Martian comes onto the show, says that Jean is his brother. They don't say his name. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Mm. Did not pronounce his name. Uh, that's probably because they don't want to, because they don't know how it's pronounced. 
Uh, I'm okay with that, actually, if that's the way they want to go about it. Uh, but what did you think about all of the craziness that was happening around Jean with the dinosaur and the little creepy girl and midnight coming in and, and black holes being created? What, what did you think about all that? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I'm, I'm super interested to see what they're going to do with, um, with this his brother character. I also like that he was like, what brother? <laughs> Almost like, I was like, seriously? Like you, you didn't, <laughs> it, at first it seemed like he didn't remember he had a brother. And I was like, feels like a kind of an important thing that you would. I don't think he did. I don't think he knew. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. It was like brother. <laughs> I, I guess maybe, maybe it was like a Luke and Leia thing where they were separated at birth. And he he grows up and he <laughs> and he didn't know he even had a brother. That's true. I mean, it's possible. Although he did say uh, Jean's brother, who uh, I, we're not going to name him yet because he wasn't named on the show. So I'm not e- I'm not even going to. We're not putting ourselves out. No. <laughs> um, but he he does say something about uh, where I think I wrote it down. Did I? I guess I didn't. But he says something about how like. I'm going to do to you what you did to me or whatever. So there's some kind of history there that, um, yeah, he says, I will do to you as you did to me. So I'm very, I'm very curious to know what, what that history is. Cause there's some, something is there that we don't know yet. And he like, didn't he refer to him as evil? He said that him, that, uh, John and his father were both evil, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Like, why would he think that they were evil? Yeah, so, so something has gone down. We don't know that story yet. Maybe that's part of the secret. Uh-oh. Maybe we're finally going to find out the secret. <laughs> it's all going to be revealed in season five. We didn't know that what they were doing was setting us up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just took uh quite a while to get there but they, they had it planted a long time ago uh but it's finally come to fruition now um but yeah i did like the use of the the different forms that this character was taking uh the little girl was sufficiently creepy uh the dinosaur was awesome even shape-shifting from the dinosaur to the kryptonian pod that superman came in that was pretty cool uh, so I liked all of those uses of the jumping around into the different forms. I did have lots of questions about the Phantom Zone projector and the black hole. I didn't understand much of how that worked. Like when Supergirl flies into the black hole to save Jean, what the heck happened there? I don't even know. <laughs> she uses her heat vision And somehow they both fall out of the black hole. Not only was I like a little bit confused by what was happening there, a lot confused actually. I was just very confused. I was also like, what am I watching? Like, listen, (laughs) I understand that they are on a television show budget. I I, I do. But that was, wow. Like, it could, I just kept on imagining like, what if you walk, you'd never watched Supergirl before and you just, you walked into the room while that was happening. Would you, would you stay in the room <laughs> or, or would you walk right on out is the thing <laughs> there, where there was like the weird swirly lights that she was like, just hang on. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that was not 
that was part of the the weaker parts of the writing of this episode. It, the, it didn't really explain itself very well. Maybe it's because at this point the characters don't even know what's going on. They know there's something to do with the Phantom Zone projector. They know that Midnight has some kind of beef with Jean, and that's kind of about as much as they know. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really hoping, and I'm going to make a, a hopeful prediction here now, uh, hopefully uh, foreshadowing something coming down the road. My hope is that using a Phantom Zone projector, introducing that into this episode, I'm hoping that at some point Kara or Supergirl, probably more Supergirl at the, in the use of the character, um, I'm hoping she goes into the Phantom Zone. Because they talked a lot about the Phantom Zone. They had the the um, banners at the museum, and they had the Phantom Zone part of the exhibit. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of like remember the Phantom Zone. I also like how she she um I although I had a question. So when Midnight comes out, she's like, uh, "My mom put you in there because you're kind of bad." And then John was like, "No, I put her in there." And I was like, "Wait." He had the authority for that. He must have. I he he How probably did he, he throw somebody in the phantom zone. Is my question. I, I'm sure it was all an accident. He probably just like tripped somebody up by accident. She fell in. Oops. You know, she just went into the phantom zone. It probably was not like an official judgment, like Allura probably would have done. I'm 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 guessing there might have been some kind of struggle or something and. And he put her in there. I don't know. Yeah, that that did seem to raise a lot of questions. I was for like, me. wait, I thought that like, uh, Alora was sort of uh, the 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 top dog with the Phantom Zone. Like other people could just stash people they don't like in the Phantom Zone. Was this like a free for all? Did she, was she accidentally giving out the password to the Phantom Zone to everybody? <laughs> like she's like, listen, I'm going on vacation. I just need you to watch the Phantom Zone. Here's the key. Here's the key access. But don't tell anyone else. And then John was like, and then then they were like, oh my God, you would not believe what I just found out about the Phantom Zone. <laughs> and then before you know it, everyone just they're like stashing people they don't like in the mansions. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jean does tell us that Midnight fought alongside the White Martians and that she's fueled by death. So she really got along with the White Martians. Uh, so I'm guessing that during the fighting and all the stuff that happened on Mars between the White Martians and the Green Martians, that Midnight played a part in that uh, against uh, Jean and the Green Martians. So I'm guessing it goes back to that conflict. I'm not really sure. I hope they explain it. Um, but the Phantom Zone stuff, I really, because like, I know you, I don't think you've watched it yet, uh, but it's part of your homework for the season of Supergirl. <laughs> but in Supergirl, the movie, Supergirl does get stuck in the Phantom Zone. She also goes to the Phantom Zone on Smallville in season eight, I believe. So I would really like it if we got to see something like that, where Supergirl gets stuck in the Phantom Zone. I would love to see the show's interpretation of the Phantom Zone. So I, I will be honest and upfront that I got my hopes up about the Phantom Zone in this episode while I was watching it. I was like, oh, I wonder if somehow she'll get stuck there. Um, anyway, so that's my prediction that probably will not come true. Uh, but that is what I thought about it. Um, so uh, before we get out of here, though, 
uh, everybody was really dressed up in this episode. They put on their fancy cl- fancy clothes to go celebrate Kara's Pulitzer. Uh, should we do a boardroom or or, or ballroom? Uh, I think definitely we should yeah. do a boardroom or ballroom. <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? Yeah, everybody got really fancy for Cars Pulitzer, which I appreciated because I was like, um, it's important for me that everybody keeps their game up. I would say overall, the the fashion game was on point in this episode. <laughs> that at the end of the episode, when like super when she Supergirl goes to visit Lena, I was like, look at Lena rocking those jeans, so casual, just like anybody's best friend. I was like, this is all part of Lena's act. She's like, yes, yes, look at me in my jeans and casual <laughs> V neck T shirt. I am what the kids call cool (laughs) she's like i am cosplaying a normal person right now Uh, uh, but i loved it i was like i i I realized i was like have we besides like when she is in despair have we seen lena in jeans before it's a good look we we have actually uh at the end of season four when after she finds out about Kara being Supergirl, she goes to the game night and she has she takes the wine or whatever. She's got jeans oh, on yeah. there, and I'm sure she's done it another time. Are jeans like her? Like I have been betrayed by everyone. <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go with that. I think we're starting to make that connection. So yeah, we. Well, I like casual Lena. I do too. I'm a big fan. But I also thought she's very well dressed in this episode as well, with the uh, the Luthorian purple that she had on. I thought that that was very nice. I loved the um. So her outfit for the uh, Pulitzer, I thought was really good. It was like this quite a, sort of cool maroon color. It really brought out her lipstick. Mm. She's always got such great lipstick. She was like, "What if I just like." coordinated my lipstick with my outfit uh car's outfit was like very respectable i thought that the color was like because it's kind of like this sort of gray ice blue color it wasn't my favorite i, I would have gone for like a bolder color you're accepting a pulitzer <laughs> <laughs> um i thought i thought um James and and John both looked sharp. Brainy had like a cool colored tie. Uh, Alex looked really nice in her like plain back dress, and and so did and Kelly looked nice in her like little. I I guess that's like a little sheath strap. She's showing a lot, a lot of clavicle there. A lot of clavicle. I mean, maybe she's been hanging out with Lena. Maybe she's learning from the best. <laughs> I did feel I did feel like you like you know that Lena's mad at Kara because this is a very very special occasion, <laughs> and she she covered up those clavicles. She was like, "No, my shoulders don't see the light of day." <laughs> You don't deserve my shoulders. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, she she's keeping that power in check because she's trying to pretend that she is not aware of this. Like she's 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 trying to keep her motivations on the download, so she can't show her power with those clavicles just yet. That's true. She was like, if, if they see my shoulders, they'll know. <laughs> It'll be a giveaway. I'll be too powerful. <laughs> but you know what? Get you a friend who's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear clothing on my shoulders because I don't want to upstage you. This is your special. <laughs> <life."> <laughs> Lena's like, listen, 
I'm gonna um I'm gonna announce Supergirl's identity to the world, but I'm not gonna upstage her <laughs> alphatorially at her own awards uh, banquet. That that is that's wrong. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hope is in the background, like put poison in her drink, Lena. <laughs> Um, oh, and I forgot, uh, so, uh, I forgot Nia's outfit, which I thought was cool from the front, and then she turned around, and it had this, like, weird floppy bow in the back. Oh, like, no. It was, like, almost as if she had, like, they had tied that dress onto her, but then the tie was like, I'm tired. <laughs> dream, dream pun. And then, like, kind of just... <laughs> gave up i don't know it was a very strange back i wasn't a fan of the back of that dress i'm going to assume that brainy fixed that for her that's yeah that seems like brainy was like this is what this is what human girls liked right bows (laughs) and this has been lena luther boardroom or ballroom and i was really glad that kara went to the pulitzer uh party as herself at one point she's like jean can you shapeshift as me and just go accept this for me i got so mad when they said that i would have been so ticked because that is something that Kara should do for herself so uh i was glad that she did that and all of her friends came out even the friend that is probably going to stab her in the back at some point and maybe, maybe literally, she's very aggressive, Lena, in this episode. So, uh, <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen? But uh, I thought everybody looked really nice. So, Morgan, uh, what did you think about the season five premiere titled "Event Horizon"? I was a big fan. I thought it was a really good premiere, one of their strongest that they've had so far. I thought the Lena and um, Kara stuff was particularly strong. Um, really made the episode for me. I like I like where they're going with some of the storylines. I like that uh that we don't know where we stand with Lena um and it seems like we're going to get a lot more of her being mysterious and and uh and hard to pin down and also petty this season. <laughs> um and and I like that Cara finally of her own volition told lena the secret i think that's the important part my important takeaway that scene where she told lena the secret i think was one of the more powerful scenes in 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 the in the run of the show i i really thought it was so well done and then everybody really brought their a game to that one yeah i thought this was one of i mean one of the better episodes just in general of the show but definitely one of the strongest premieres i i think probably since season three, like I, I see before this season three's premiere would have been my favorite. And so now this one is really uh, fighting it for the the best or my favorite because it might be both. Uh, so this one I did think was great. Uh, as a car fan, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Melissa was amazing in it. Uh, her performance, I, I mean, this is hands down one of her better performances in, in terms of her acting and her ability to communicate what Kara was going through and making me feel for Kara. Uh, I thought she did such, such a good job. Um, I was not as bothered by the suit as I thought I might have been. Uh, I was glad that they explained it within the context of the show. Her cape gets damaged and Brainy uh, fixes her a, a new suit. So I, I thought that they did that really well. They found a way to incorporate that into the story without it being j- jarring. So I appreciated that. 
Um, and I I like the the way that the show is heading from here, at least from this first episode. It seems like things are going in a good direction. Uh, every everybody seemed to have something to do, had a purpose. Um, even though some of the the plot points I, I thought were a little bit questionable, um, I did enjoy it for the most part. Um, and I really liked the um, the the little Easter eggs in the museum. Uh, let's see, uh, they had James's photograph of Superman. Uh, there was a flying monkey from Shot from the Heart. They had, of course, Kal-El's pod. They even had one of James's uh, cameras in there on display. And I was like, why didn't he use that camera when his dad's camera got damaged? <laughs> uh, and they even had uh, banners of the... It looked like they were doing a series on villains. So they had Lex Luthor. They also had Rain. And they had Livewire back there. Which I thought was interesting. I, I, I can't imagine that Supergirl would have wanted to leave Livewire categorized as a villain. But I guess the museum, that's the way they wanted to depict her. And I thought it was kind of a nice touch there when uh, the dinosaur hurls Supergirl into one of the banners. And it turns out to be Lex Luthor's. And she falls to the ground on top of it. And I just thought that was a nice little metaphorical touch that Kara had taken down Lex Luthor with her expose and here Supergirl <laughs> is literally taking down Lex Luthor in the museum. So I, I thought that that was, that was a really great use of Easter eggs. And I thought some of the, the little sort of comic booky touches were nice. Somebody obviously did their homework because Brainy mentions uh, Far, Farnaflatch, which is a race of shapeshifters in DC Comics. Uh, Monster Girl of the Young Heroes has been revealed to be one of them, and he also mentions Takran Galtos, which is a fictional planet planet in the DC Comics universe. Uh, first appeared in Act Adventure Comics number 359 in 1967. So I thought that that uh, was all great, and uh, just in terms of little bits in the episode, I really now want to meet Mrs. Stein. I, I guess she's real. She's uh, Kara's neighbor with the dog. Uh, so I'm hoping that Mrs. Stein is a real character. Car wasn't just making it up because I, that sort of made me just that little mention made me wonder what do Car's neighbors think of her? That is a good question. What is that like? What, what do they think about what she does and who her friends are and how does Car interact with the people in her neighborhood? So that, that made me want to see something like that. So I, I thought this was a great episode. It was a great premiere. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, that's going to do it for our discussion of this episode, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Event Horizon. Our first tweet is from at SL Fricky, who said, good episode, but kind of disappointed they didn't just reveal that on uh, Kalu, a firm handshake is the equivalent of a passionate kiss. Who skips past the space pod on a Superman tour? Kara, <laughs> uh, a Kryptonian, <laughs> being an anti-technology curmudgeon? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's a good that's a good point. <laughs> they were pretty advanced as a as a civilization. So that that does raise some question marks. At Jesso 13 said, "Great premiere. Melissa slayed the reveal. T-Rex fight. Uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the T-Rex fight, which was amazing. Supergirl got to fight a dinosaur. A dinosaur. I think they may have been listening to a little feedback, not necessarily us, but just the fact that like Spike the Dragon went over really well last season." 
So I, I'm hoping that we get to see more of that because Supergirl fighting a dinosaur was pretty awesome. Uh, Jesso13 goes on to say, uh, Petty slash Vengeful Lena is okay, but hope it doesn't drag on. Good Lena is more interesting. I'm confused why the pod was needed. And what? And when did the museum open? Can the suit materialize faster? Where does she put the glasses? Um, so the suit materializing thing, I just want to say, reminded me of like, I, if you've ever watched... Sailor Moon. This is like we're really throw. I'm really throwing it back. Uh, but but she used to have this like really long and involved process when she changed into her like superhero uniform, where she would like do some backflips and backbends and like wink at the camera and do some <laughs> poses. And that's what that reminded me of when it like slowly went up her arm. Where I was like, is she gonna get her own? Like title sequence where there's like a music in the background that's like, ooh, Supergirl. <laughs> she does a couple spins and <laughs> it just took way too long. I was like, um, in a fight situation, this could be bad. <laughs> I think it was just taking his time to show us how it worked. I don't think, I don't think moving forward it will be that long. Um, in terms of the pod, it I, I believe they explained it as the pods uh energy or the capability was used to uh deal with the phantom zone projector uh that was the last piece wasn't it like that there was like some sort of um reactor or something in the pod okay let me look it up because i'm sure that i wrote it down hang on because because my my fiance mike made a really funny like uh comment which was like they just left that out in a museum <laughs> like this, <laughs> this pod that has like basically like it sounded like it could be like used as like a bomb or a weapon or something and they were just like here everyone it's the pod superman mm-hmm. and supergirl they're just really really trusting they didn't think anybody would take it they're like everyone loves museums no one's gonna pop off in a museum come on <laughs> and we're definitely not gonna have some kind of security to guard that stuff no they said that the antimatter from the pod would be strong enough to destroy all life on three solar systems but they just left that pod like out in the open it wasn't even like in a glass case and where did she put the glasses good question i i do i do think that it's interesting that um in rebirth really early on in rebirth they had a couple of panels where i i, I want to say Kara could take her was it when she could take her glasses on or off, like her hair color would change? Yes, yeah, her hair color changed. So there's a little bit of that in the in the comics that they might be pulling from. But yeah, it it I think it's gonna go faster a, as we go forward. Yeah, I, I made the comment that like she was very excited about pants, but like really she would have been more excited about pockets. <laughs> Like every dress that I buy where I'm like, it's got a pocket. And then anytime somebody compliments me on it, they're like, oh, that's a nice outfit. I'm like, it has pockets. <laughs> it's so useful. <laughs> it would have been amazing if she was like, if they, were, if they were like, you have a new costume. And she's like, it has pockets. And then she just puts the glasses in the pocket. Pockets, pockets, pockets. That'll be the next upgrade on the suit. <laughs> pockets. <laughs> Um, at DJ Ritter said, fabulous start um, to the season with stellar work from Melissa Benoist. Um, at I Am No Guitar Hero, 
Um, I don't think you should sell yourself short, by the way. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> Says, uh, Kara's reveal scene with Lena's speech was great. Kara gave a plausible explanation without sounding like she was giving excuses. Lena started her speech twisting the knife on Kara, then turning it around. For a second, I thought they were going to wrap up most of the conflict. Katie and Melissa were great with their lines and reactions. I'm glad Kara came clean on her own. Lena was caught off guard. Lena may not have outed Kara for her long game, but I have to think their friendship also made her decide not to reveal the secret yeah that's interesting because she could have told the whole world and she chose not to i do think that lena still cares about car i just think she's real mad <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to go too far but she does want to she does want to punish her a little bit lena's like i, I just want to like buy her a sweater that's really bad for her coloring meanwhile <laughs> hope is in the background to like poison her <laughs> Um, at, uh, at BKJ underscore the Von Braun said, um, my favorite super, my favorite Supergirl premiere. It was so fast paced and we got great moments with all characters. Um, at Brendan J. Miller said, Lena needs to work out her true feelings with Kara more later in the season by helping her. We'll see. Not a, not a hope has anything to do with it. <laughs> hope is my new favorite character. I was about to say, I might have a new favorite character. <laughs> hope is like the uh, hope becomes like the devil on Lena's shoulder. <laughs> uh, um, at Planet Claire seventy one says, "Ugh, again the writers found a way to drive me nuts. You can't force people into a new contract against their will or without their knowledge. Since we never discussed their contracts before, all she needed to do was to remind them of the non competitive clause." Yeah, that that. That seems right. That seems more <laughs> right anyway. Uh, at kid underscore slasher says, best season premiere ever. Writers really did a good job. And um, kudos to Melissa Katie's acting skill that makes this episode the best Supergirl season premiere. Um, at VH451 said, favorite moments. One, Lena's introduction uh, at Kara's Pulitzer reception. So many feels. Two, Lena going full on long game mode after Kara gives her the Supergirl watch. Three, Miss Tessmaka. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> Looking forward to the new season. We didn't even mention the very ending where we see Eve. She's working in a diner or something and she gets kidnapped. I'm excited for more Eve. Yeah, there's not much there, but uh, I guess uh, to be continued. At Razorel says, hands down my favorite episode of the show so far. Melissa Benoist deserves an Emmy for the reveal scene alone. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, was this the best Supergirl premiere ever? I loved every second of it. Melissa and Katie gave phenomenal... Uh, phenomenal performances. The Supercorp angst was on point. Brainy and Nia were the cutest. Uh, Andrea was a great addition, and even James had a storyline of his own. Let the long game begin. Uh, at Kvitty Cat fifty three said, "Never thought I'd say this, but I love how they handled the car reveal to Lena. Melissa was absolutely stunning, and the twist of Lena still being mad at her was delicious. <laughs> well done, Supergirl writers." Um, at Aildu, um said, Melissa and Katie were on fire. A small detail that I thought was fantastic was Lena contemplating Supergirl's signal watch right next to Lex's watch. A subtle way to illustrate what's coming ahead. A fight for Lena's soul, as Melissa described it. Hashtag Lena is so dramatic and petty, but she's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, there was a watch at the beginning of the episode that was purple and green. So I'm guessing that was some sort of Luthorian watch. It was never explained as to what that was. Lena picks it up and she looks at it. And some lights are flashing, but I don't know what that is. I also assumed it was Lex's watch, which is which is funny because there is no context for it. <laughs> they did not explain it whatsoever. But I, that is a really good point that um, she does have these two different kind of watches now. One is more of a Luthorian watch and one is more of a super uh, Kryptonian watch. So I, I do think that that is uh, that's a good point that it it does it is it serves as a little bit of a symbolism about which way Lena might go. Um, at Yoda seventy six five forty seven said, in my mind, Lena has decided to become a true Luther by her first wanting to out Kara's secret, but in the end, going for the "I am your friend," but really are going to destroy you <laughs> is the true Luther way. I think Eve was abducted by Lena. Mm. Also, I think Kara's we do whatever it takes we'll come back to haunt her when the crisis crossover starts okay i have two questions or two thoughts uh so morgan do you think eve was abducted by lena i don't know i i don't think so um i'm gonna go out on a limb and it's not right but i love it i think that i think that eve was abducted by hope (laughs) (laughs) i just imagine lena like talking some trash about Eve like like being like <laughs> I had this friend and she totally betrayed me and now I'm just really like I have this plan to like write some mean stuff on her Instagram captions and Hope is like what if we kidnapped her <laughs> <laughs> Lena your ch- I have uh, I have a a, a a locking mechanism on your trunk that I've installed <laughs> Lena's like Hope you're so weird <laughs> Yeah, Hope Hope might have convinced someone to physically go out there and do that for her. Um, I think it's either because it did sort of look like Lena because Lena popped the VR stuff back in for another simulation and then it cut to Eve. So it could be that that was Lena's simulation or I'm going to throw this out there. I think Leviathan has come for Eve. Ooh. Uh, so that's that's my thought on that. Um, also, I think that's a good point about cars. We do whatever it takes. It could that could be interesting because Crisis on Infinite Earths is the comic book story in which Supergirl is killed off in that continuity at the time. So Kara might have to do something pretty drastic in Crisis. So I think that's a, an interesting point. And our last tweet comes from at Chris Fundalinski, who says, Melissa Benoist is so darn good at those emotional moments and emoting what she's feeling. I could feel her heartache and distress. Wow. On another note, what, where is James going to sleep now that he got kicked out of his office? Everyone is really concerned about that. I know the big part of the premiere was... We have such kind-hearted listeners who are just really worried about James's living situation. I mean, I know that this episode was very heavy on the Cara and Lena material, but really, we we just want to know what's going to happen to James and his (laughs) living situation. That's that's the big concern of the moment. Um, Well, we have an email from Miriam who writes, quote, The episode left me with a few questions. Is Black Mirror not a thing on Earth-38? I feel like the show is enough of a warning to not trust whatever Obsidian Tech is putting out. 
I'm guessing not, Miriam. Uh, mm-hmm. Next question is, how does the new super suit get activated? Brainy mentioned that it had something to do with Kara taking off her glasses, but that's obviously not the case. When she took them off for the reveal with Lena, it didn't get activated, so maybe it has something to do with the speed or force that she takes them off with. Which, from an applied design standpoint, I can foresee about half a dozen ways this could go wrong. <laughs> That's a really good point because Brain. I was confused about that too because Brainy says if you remove your glasses in public, it will start to materialize. Um, and so she does. Car does take her glasses off in front of Lena. <clears throat> the only things that I thought might have justified why it didn't happen in that scene is that. Car when she's with Lena, she takes some off with both of her hands. So I don't know if it's like the position of her hands on the glasses when she takes them off. That would be oddly sp- specific. Or, yeah, would. or the fact that Brainy says when you whip them off. So maybe it is something about the speed or the force. Because you know when Supergirl, when she's about to go into Supergirl mode, she she really yanks those things off of her face so that might be the case because she kind of gently did them with lena so it could be a a speed or force in which she does them uh they'll have to make that more consistent going forward so we know how that works uh the next question was do the glasses transform into the suit or is there a deo agent who follows her around to pick up the glasses (laughs) whenever she dramatically takes them off I'm guessing it's like the old comic book justification. She's probably got a little, she probably does have pockets in those pants uh, that she can um, compress things down into. But they, they've they never explained that on the show. I'm just assuming that. Uh, the other question is, it just seems like it'd be more, or going on, uh, Miriam says, it just seems like it'd be more efficient to have it as a ring, especially with how the suit sleeves are designed. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. But I guess that makes it too much like the Flash. Uh, the next question is, does Lena not realize that Kara has super hearing and could probably hear her talking to her morally gray Alexa? Uh, <laughs> uh, Kara doesn't, I, I'm guessing because Kara doesn't know about Hope yet. And that is a good question, though. Could Kara hear everyone's Alexa? Hmm. Probably. Um, and the last question Miriam asks is, uh, James quitting, does that mean he's homeless now? After his sister takes him in, it won't be too much of a hassle to move his things to his new home. Her desk, after all, is only a floor away. (laughs) (laughs) So Miriam thinks that uh, James is just going to move into Kelly's office. I guess that makes sense. Why not? I mean, it it does make sense. What what if Kelly comes in and she's like, James, what are you doing here? And he's like, you said I could move in for a while until I get up on my feet. And she's like... My my house. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And then you just stare at each other for a really long time. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to miss these desk jokes. Yeah. Jokes that he leaves. No, it's going to be sad. Um, so we have an email from Sony who writes, uh, the premiere was fantastic. It was filled with some cheesy lines, but I guess that's Supergirl. My favorite scene was Kara's confession to Lena. Lena didn't expect it, and that's why it was perfect. Melissa killed that scene. Brainy and Nia were too cute. The greatest villain of all time is definitely Tywin Lannister. That's a TV villain, right? Is that yeah, a Game of Thrones? that's true. 
That's a Game of Thrones, yeah. So the question in the episode was about movie villains. That's true. So Tywin can still be the greatest TV villain. Yes. But not movie. Right. On a side note, I am a little worried about Lena's AI assistant. <laughs> she seems a little too eager to destroy Supergirl. It's kind of ironic that her name is Hope. My guess is that she is part of Leviathan and kind of manipulating Lena through her grief. And huh. since the theme of the season is technology, she may become the ultimate villain. I mean, she already, I she already is. Not read any of these. <laughs> I did not read any of these emails. Uh, yeah, Morgan doesn't see him until I send her the doc. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. I think she already has become the ultimate villain after one episode. She's the ultimate villain of my heart. She's, <laughs> she's, she's my favorite, my greatest villain of all time. <laughs> uh, she has eclipsed Grace, the world killer. Uh, as the greatest <laughs> villain. <laughs> uh, so we have um, some questions from Courtney, who asks, uh, first question, how are the cat co-employees in a new contract when they don't seem to recall signing anything new? Was that part of the buying of cat co deal? Or is that even legal? Yeah, that's a, that's a question we've, we've been uh, batting around. Uh, maybe they'll go into that, but I think that they've kind of explained it and are going to get out of it and we won't know the answer. <laughs> uh, next question is James not sure about having his office, AKA home, but then he quit. So is he homeless? See a lot of listeners. I love our listeners. So concerned. So many people asked uh, about James's, uh, home situation now. Uh, as for James quitting and Andrea, Andrea Rojas uh, seeming to think that she has all this media power like Cat Grant, I'm sure Perry White would take James back as a photographer. Uh, Andrea seriously can't blacklist everyone. Plus, isn't she more of a tech giant than media mogul? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. But I think she was like, well, I've already bought the building. I might as well play around with whatever this is. <laughs> so uh, and plus... Uh, Catco is a media company, so that has something to do with tech, I, I guess, with whatever they do uh, at Catco. Uh, lastly, Courtney says, I was glad they didn't drag out the reveal to Lena and the ensuing drama, but then psych, uh, she's totally not okay with it still. Ugh. Uh, what is that emoji? Like, uh, I think that's an eye roll emoji. Oh, yes. So eye roll, eye rolling on the, uh, the psych there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a, a fun little twist there at the end, personally. <laughs> uh, so Shang writes, Andrea seems like a pretty mean boss. Also, did Lena tell her she kicked James out of the car? Side roll out of car just felt a little too specific of a shade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i want to be a fly on the wall on like andrea and lena's like you know girl time cocktail hour where she's like and then i just told him to get out and we we weren't even at the airport yet so i just kind of opened the door <laughs> had a barrel roll out it did seem very specific very very specific <laughs> what if what if like just it, it what if it zoomed in on james as she said it and just a single tear <laughs> goes down his cheek as he remembers the breakup with Lena. <laughs> it's way harsh. Uh, Shang goes on to say, also, the William dude, I don't like him at all. Honestly, the only thing in my head was Kara and Lena's dynamic throughout the whole episode. Kara finally confessing, Lena tearing up, they're acting, they're A-class acting. I did not sign up for this level of hurt. Kara giving Lena the signal watch got me 
uh, got me in my feels. Not everyone gets a watch, and that means Lena is special. Then after Kara left and Lena being the petty queen once more, I do think Lena's anger will subside and her plans of betraying Kara uh, would not pass. Her AI hope is sketched, though. <laughs> what if her AI <laughs> is the true endgame villain of the season? This is the best and exposes Kara. The VR system looks interesting though. I wonder why Lena uh, keeps wanting to punch Kara. Um, anger therapy. Both times we saw Lena preparing to hit Kara. Is she going to try that with the Lexo suit? Because it doesn't feel very Lena to go all physical. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you get mad, you punch a pillow. <laughs> Lena gets mad, goes into virtual reality, creates a really elaborate situation, including <laughs> bus full of children, and then punches Kara. <laughs> we all have our methods of coping, is what I'm saying. I'm now wondering if, if a situation is going to happen with hope because we all agree <laughs> that hope is going to be the villain of the season and it's all going to come down to defeating the ai um but i wonder if lena will have to stop hope will lena have to save the day by destroying hope that's I, i'm starting Ooh. to think that that will be the case just another prediction probably not going to happen what if hope is like lena don't do it you are my only friend <laughs> <laughs> I just love hope so much. <laughs> so many I'm possibilities. So, so fast. <laughs> oh, so many possibilities. Um, so new Rachel writes, quote, I guess Brainy didn't really did mean it when he said causality be damned and is just dating Nia with absolutely no regard to the timeline because she convinced him to and because he loves her that much. Not to mention that it seemed like Nia's concern over Brainy not kissing her was more important to her than what he was actually saying in that moment. And thus, because of this interference in their new relationship, I don't think Nuranal exists anymore. So, way to go, Brainy. Is this why Wen is going to come back to ask Brainy why Nuranal uh, disappeared? Uh, so, that's an interesting comment slash question. Because Brainy, and initially when the Legion of Superheroes showed up, they did not want to touch timeline stuff. They did not want to mess with anything in terms of the future and the present and the past. But now that doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. So who knows what's happened in the future? I, I guess things have happened in the future with Brainy and Dream Girl. And now that's not a big concern to him anymore. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of questions about the uh, time travel aspect of that. Yeah, maybe we'll find out later in the season when Wynn comes back. Ooh, yeah. From his long sabbatical. That's true, because he will be bringing the future back with him. So Riley sent us an email writing, Lena was so sure, based off of Lex's video evidence, that Carr is Supergirl, but wasn't she the one who got arrested in season two because of uh, indoctrinated uh, video footage? It's not like Lex has the shiniest record on telling the truth, so I'm confused why Lena wouldn't give Kara the benefit of the doubt before getting mad at Kara. Yes, I had to go back and look at that, but that did happen in episode 212, Luther's. Uh, so that's a really excellent point, Riley. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, that is exactly what happened. So Daryl wrote in to say, Melissa's acting in the scene where she finally tells Lena the truth had very raw, very real emotions that you could feel. To see Lena just stand there expressionless was awe-inspiring that she could do that. I just believed it all. Patricia writes, quote, It makes me sad that Lena is basically replacing her friends and her friend Carl with an AI. 
Kara slash Supergirl is all about hope and all of the names Lena could have chosen to name this AI, she names it Hope. I wonder if Hope will become sentient later in the season and try to hurt Kara. (laughs) (laughs) Season four was about hope versus fear. Uh, Season five is about Supergirl versus all types of technology. At one point, maybe it will be Supergirl versus Hope the AI. Uh, I think that's... That's a good speculation. I think we're all really excited about the potential of Supergirl fighting Hope, the artificial <laughs> intelligence. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm trying not to get my hopes up about it, uh, pun intended, I guess. But that's, that's what it looks like could be a potential uh, ending for the season. So Emily writes in, uh, I waited all summer to see what would happen with Kara and Lena, and it was worth the wait. While I could have used another episode or two of Lena's cutting remarks, such as, this proves you're more virtuous than I am. Kara's confession was everything I wanted it to be. So emotional, and she said all the right things. Meanwhile, Lena's initial reaction was perfect, a brief moment of happy surprise before she schooled herself into shock and confusion. I love that I don't know what Lena is up to, although it's pretty rich that she told Kara there can be no more secrets when she, A, didn't tell Kara she already knew, and B, still hasn't told her about Adam. You remember that guy she killed? That guy she science murdered? Oh, she's, she, don't, don't worry, you guys, she's forgotten about that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know who hasn't? Hope. Um, so uh, Emily goes on to say, side note, that opening sequence that turned out to be a simulation was so dark. She had Kara save a bunch of children from a runaway school bus only to then punch her in the face. Brutal. Listen, I'm just saying that that when Lena is, uh, enacting a revenge scenario, she likes it to have some flavor. She's not, (laughs) you're not just going to punch Kara in the face. You're going to make her save a school bus full of children first. That just makes sense. She had Supergirl save the children. Then she punched Supergirl into the bus, and the bus caught fire. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Sorry, kids. (laughs) It was pretty brutal. What if she's like, here's what I want. I want a simulation where I punch Supergirl in the face, and Hope was like, okay, Lena, I've got something for you. And then Lena comes out of it, and she was like, the thing with the school kids was weird. And I was like, was it or was it right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hope. Uh, (laughs) Hope is going to be a never-ending well that we're going to be able to go back to. Yes. I'm crying. Okay. Uh, So Yvette writes, quote, Turns out Petty Lena is my favorite Lena. And ever since I've been listening to you guys on Supergirl Radio, I've been paying more attention to what Lena wears. So when I saw Lena was wearing jeans at the end of this week, I was surprised. Will writes, VR contact lenses are very unsettling when you see people wearing them. There's a lot of potential for accidents to occur when people are wearing them, as happens with people and phones nowadays. It seems very unsafe to wear them and walk or make any movement whatsoever. Do you think you can be Supergirl in one of the simulations? Ooh, that's a good question. How do you fun simulation (laughs) so so would hope ever put lena in a situation where in a simulation where she was supergirl oh my god i i i would love that i love if we just like panned in and like lena's in the supergirl outfit like (laughs) flying through the air and she's like we and hope is like yes isn't this majestic (laughs) (laughs) i really 
just want an episode that's just from Hope's perspective. It's just just Hope, a day in the life of Hope. <laughs> what does Hope think about everything? <laughs> um, I'm sure it's terrifying in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror movie from Hope's perspective. Oh, um, so good. So Sam wrote in with two questions. Uh, number one, have either of you seen the Batwoman pilot? And if so, did you think it was any good? So Morgan, did you get a chance to watch Bat- Batwoman yet? So mine is going to be a, a very brief answer. I have not had a chance to watch the Batwoman pilot yet. Um, I'm planning on watching it because I'm I'm interested to see what they, they do. I wasn't over the moon about the Batwoman stuff in the crossover. So I'm just like sort of crossing my fingers. It works better like as a show but yeah i i don't know I, I can't weigh in i watched most of it while i was getting ready for supergirl to come on and i was actually surprised at how much i did enjoy it oh uh, nice I, I thought the way it was shot was it was really well shot uh the writing there's a little bit of a twist at the end that i got really excited about and rachel uh, uh one of one of my birds from the birds of prey tv show she killed it as like an over-the-top campy villain. Really, enjoy- I'm basically watching Batwoman for her because I don't have as much invest. Like I love the Bat family. Batman is one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, I love Huntress. Uh, so there are aspects of the Bat family that I'm watching for, but I really like Batwoman. It's not a character I'm really like emotionally attached to, but. I did find myself really enjoying the bat, the bat aspects of the show, and especially because I did not know much about the like the sh- the series going in, and uh, Luke Fox, who we talked about in our Leviathan Spotlight, is one of the main characters, and I was like, oh, Ooh. he turns into a character called bat- Batwing from uh, Batman Incorporated. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him now. So there were a couple of things in the Batwoman pilot that did pique my interest. So uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to keep watching it and see where it goes uh, from here. Because I, I, I did, I, from what I saw, I didn't get to watch every single second of it. But uh, from what I saw, I did, uh, it, it was enough to make me want to come back. Uh, and then the second question that Sam has uh, is, is there anything you would like to see in the upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths? One thing I always like is Melissa Benoist's reactions in the crossovers. Whether it's adorkable with ice cream or funny and seeing Overgirl and <laughs> Fuhrer Ollie kissing, uh, seeing as the crisis involves the multiverse, there is one Earth 38 Supergirl reaction that I keep imagining that I would find personally hilarious. I have this idea of Earth 38 Car meeting another Earth's Power Girl in traditional white leotard with boob window and dying of mortification, <laughs> especially if some of her friends were with her at the same time. I can just imagine her begging her counterpart to cover up. I could also imagine her Power Girl counterpart shrugging and saying something like, hey, if you got it, flaunt it. I've seen uh, cosplayers at conventions in that Power Girl costume over the years, and I wondered what you think of the mentality or morality of people who choose to dress that way. If superheroes really existed and some choose to wear outfits like that, would you look down on them for it? Or would you come down somewhere in the middle, not really approving of their attire, but respecting their heroic deeds? Unquote. So, Morgan, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, 
uh, Power Girl in the in the crossover. Yeah, and I think I think a, a Power Girl in the crossover with traditional boob window would be really funny because that is I will say is one of the stupider costumes I've seen. Agreed. In 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 superhero, and that is again we've seen some real one real real ones just reading the comics like. <laughs> um, I think cosplay what you want, though. I mean, if you're like, I love that power girl. I love her boob window. Like, do it. Do it up. That's that's on you. You look awesome in your power girl costume. Go go for it. I think everybody should cosplay what they want at conventions. I'm, I don't think, I mean, I think if somebody, if power girl was saving my life, I would be like, um, like, uh, high five, girl. <laughs> love how you walk in that boob window. <laughs> Re- really appreciate your brave fashion choice there that you're making that I wouldn't make at, at all. But uh, hey, you know, hey, thank you for saving my life. <laughs> really appreciate the save. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are other costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because this is a, a tough question for me because I like Power Girl as a character. I've read some comics with Supergirl and Power Girl together, and I've really enjoyed their dynamic. But I don't like that costume. I, I, I functionally, it doesn't make any kind of sense. It's just such a dumb costume. So <laughs> I probably, if I'm honest, I would judge a person uh, by wearing it. Um, like if it was a like a superhero who was like, "This is my costume of choice," I'd be like, "Really? Why?" Um, but I'm with you. Like if a cosplayer wants to be Power Girl, I'm like, hey, Power Girl, awesome. Um, so I think I'd I would come down in the middle somewhere, like like you said, like, hey, thank you for saving my life. You did a good thing today. Just maybe rethink that costume. Uh it's probably you you probably have better options. We could get like we could get like the queer eye guys to come and like give yeah. give her a makeover and be like, listen, we love we love your look. <laughs> white is a great color on you. White is super great. What if what if we just got rid of the boob window? <laughs> what if we just did something else instead up there by the neckline? <laughs> but I feel like I feel like Power Girl would be like, I don't I don't get what's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you might need more fabric uh on your costume than less just a little bit just a little bit up in that in that area <laughs> such a such a ridiculous costume <laughs> but that's a that's a great question hopefully we'll get to see more supergirls uh cross fingers yeah that'd be great and uh we have a voicemail from mauricio hey supergirl radio mauricio here after a long hiatus supergirl's back and i'm really happy i get to watch my tv again so it was a nice episode i kind of love how lena's taking out her frustration and Virtual reality, which everybody wishes can do. But here's my question. Since we all know that Jane Olsen is leaving the show, I want to ask your prediction. Do you think he's going to die or the, or the CW for once is going to let a character live and leave the show? Because every character that left the CW Arrowverse has literally died. And I'm really sad if Jane Olsen is going to die. That's why I just want to know your predictions if he's going to live or die. And if he does leave, how do you think what's going to happen with him in the future? You take care and have a great day. Adios. Bye. My guess is that he's going to live um, because they're already kind of setting it up in a way where, like, he's already left Catco. So he's already kind of left what has kind of become his primary purpose on the show. Um, he, you know, he he's sort of in flux right now. So the idea of him deciding to do something different, like away from National City, seems like kind of a natural progression 
So I don't think that they would necessarily have to kill him to write him off. As for what he ends up doing next, I, who knows? Like, he's done so many things that have <laughs> have only barely been explained. He could, uh, he could come in the last episode and be like, I, I found my passion in his floral arrangements and I would <laughs> buy it from this character. Like... <laughs> They sort of they sort of hard reset him every couple episodes. So, I mean, that's part of the joy of uh, of thinking about what he might end up doing. You just don't know. I think he still has a passion for the news, but it sounds like he might not be able to do it himself moving forward. But maybe he adopts and mentors some young journalists and they become a newsboy (laughs) legion. And he uh, continues to be a guardian with the Newsboy Legion. That's my my best case scenario. Or he's like, I must go. You cannot look at me for no one could ever love a turtle boy. (laughs) 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 Uh, Despair of the turtle boy. I mean, I would accept any any of our two scenarios that we've just given as his final send-off. So those would be great ending points for James, I think. Uh, okay, so before we wrap up our feedback, we have some Snap Judgments. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So our first snap judgment is from at Chris Vondolinsky. She says, shirt rip revealing the House of L symbol or new materializing suit. I am going to be controversial. Uh, I am going to pick new materializing suit. I think for me, I like the shirt rip, but for Supergirl, it doesn't look as good. All right. I'm going to try to say this in a way that doesn't seem... Uh, condescending, I guess. Like, when Superman does it, it's one thing, but when Supergirl does it, it's a little... Does it make sense that it's, like, weird for a woman to do it? Like, she... Well, mm, I, I... You... I don't know. Maybe this is, like, her own thing now, that she's got the glasses. Yeah. It's, like, not... I mean, I think one of the problems we always have is, like, Instead of giving Supergirl her own thing, they're like, it's Superman's thing, but lady. Yeah. Uh, so, so I will say that the new materializing suit um, is not something that Superman's done. So that's nice. True. Yeah. So I, I feel like you just convinced me to go the uh, different way that I was planning to because I was planning on going shirt rip. But now I've kind of talked myself into the new materializing suit <laughs> because it's both her own thing and it really does remind me of Sailor Moon. And, and now I have so many fun mental images of like Melissa Benoist doing like those fun like Sailor Moon poses. Uh, so we can we can incorporate that into the show now. <laughs> um, our next snap judgment is from new rachel who says nanotech suit or flash ring so i'm gonna just uh, completely contradict the previous answer i gave uh, <laughs> and i'm gonna say flash ring i think i'm gonna go nanotech suit i still really like the suit um so we have a couple of snap judgments from Danae. uh first one who was the cutest couple brainy and nia or alex and kelly in terms of cute I'm going to say Brainy and Nia. Yeah, I got to go Brainy and Nia just because I feel like there was a season's worth of buildup, whereas Alex and Kelly, there are a couple episodes and now they're already, they're already like a well-established couple. Like, could could this show ever just give me 
some buildup for these relationships. Just, just let us know, like, just let us see them out on a date, you know, just once, I think. Right. Yeah, I think they've done a better job with Brainy and Nia with a, a, a slower burn. This one Alex jumped into real fast. Yeah. Um, what was the best gift given this episode? Brainy giving the new suit to Kara or Kara giving the signal watch to Lena? Kara giving the signal watch to Lena. Yeah, I agree. Kara giving the signal watch to Lena. Um, okay, when she's done with Supergirl, who is Lena going to VR fight next? <laughs> uh, what if it becomes like Street Fighter? <laughs> It's how she exercises every day. Lena's just like, Chung Lee, Chung Lee. Um, <laughs> so who she's street fighting next? Uh, Morgan Edge or Eve Tessmacher? Man, I, I want to see her VR fighting Morgan Edge. <laughs> Me too. But she she would go after him with a gun, though, I think. She, she, she would, it, would, it would start out as like a, a like a really involved fight, and then she would just Indiana Jones it and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> He does all of his special, like, moves, and, and then she's just like, poop. <laughs> Accurate. What was the best fashion choice in this episode? Kara's bangs or Lena wearing jeans? I, I mean, I really like Lena wearing jeans. I mean, Lena was rocking those jeans, and I'm still neutral on those bangs, so <laughs> not a competition. Uh, speaking of the bangs, we have uh, a couple snap judgments from Gina. Uh, first one. Bangs or no bangs? I'm going to go no bangs. I'm also going to go no bangs. I like <laughs> the bangs when her hair is pulled up. But yeah. when her hair is down, I feel like the bangs is, are just too much. They mm-hmm. become overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, pants or skirt? Skirt. Yeah, skirt for me too. I miss the skirt. I think it gave it like a little pop of color. Now it's very blue. Yeah, and it, again, I, we've talked about this before, but it's not like Superman. Uh, so I appreciate it for that respect. Although I was glad that in the introduction of the pants in this episode, they spent some time in the skirt. Like she, she was in the skirt for a little while. And so I appreciated the, uh, trans transition point there. Yeah. I appreciate that they, they justified it within the universe of the show. It wasn't just like she changed her costume between seasons and, <laughs> and now it's pants. Um, <laughs> our last one from Gina is best AI Hope or Gideon um, from Legends of Tomorrow slash The Flash? Uh, this is not even a competition for me. Hope, 100%. Uh, this is really tough for me because Gideon and I go way back. <laughs> Gideon has been, weirdly enough, a love interest of characters on <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Things got weird on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with Gideon. However, Hope wants to kill everyone and i find that really charming so because we're on supergirl radio i'm going with hope that's my get out of jail free card listen i love i love every i love both all of my ais equally (laughs) um okay we have a couple snap judgments from abby uh her first one is catco needs to pivot their direction versus the friend's Pivot couch scene. Pivot. Pivot. We got to go friends, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Pivot. It would have been great if uh, Andrea Rojas had, had yelled pivot. Like, oh, my gosh. Nobody's getting on board. And and it's just dead silent, and she just yells pivot. <laughs> That's how she gets people on board by just yelling pivot. Uh, which Lena Luther look is better, the dress 
or jeans? Look, I have been consistently about the jeans in this episode, so I'm going to go jeans. Yeah, I think I got to go to the jeans in this episode. She wore some nice dresses, but the jeans were like, whoa, so casual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, From Emily, we have the following snap judgments. Better movie villain, Voldemort. Or Hans Gruber? Uh, Voldemort. I think you gotta go Voldemort. Like, anytime the villain can't be named, <laughs> like, that's pretty, pretty scary. Although, you know, Die Hard is a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Carr's pink dress at the beginning of the episode, which was sleeveless and on the coral side, or her pink dress towards the middle of the episode, which was, had asymmetrical shoulders and was more of a hot pink. <laughs> I, I think... Kara, at the end, when she really found her voice, that's when, like, some of her power came out. Because uh, she does have a little bit of shoulder there in that second <laughs> I was going to make that comment. <laughs> <laughs> she was really channeling, I think, Lena in in that. I, I think I'm going to pick, though, the, the first dress, the sleeveless dress at the beginning. I really like that dress. That dress is really cute. I have to go with the asymmetrical dress. Because she is, uh, she is channeling her inner Lena Luther. She is uh, hashtag boss babing it. <laughs> <laughs> you you know she means business because you can see some of her shoulder. <laughs> not, listen, she's not ready to step up to the full Lena Luther, which is like all of your shoulder and every single clavicle out. But she does have that one shoulder out. She's like dipping her toe into. <laughs> into her power (laughs) no judgments on your snap judgments so uh i think that is gonna do it for uh snap judgments and (laughs) all of our uh thoughts and feedback on event horizon if you would like to contact supergirl radio you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write in or call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And if you want to get included on the podcast, the best way to do it, just my personal advice, is to really focus up on your feedback. Like pick one thing you really wanted to talk about in the episode and send it to us because we, we tend to get a lot of feedback, which is great. We love it. Love it. So many great comments and thoughts about this episode, but um, it just helps us and uh, makes it so that we can really address your, your concerns. Um, so uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify musical playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser, and we are on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And you can find all the links to the things I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now, as a birthday present to our friend <laughs> uh, Andy Vivect of The Flash Podcast and Titans Podcast, um, we are going to give Morgan her old <clears throat> role back uh, <clears throat> that she used to have before listeners took over. Uh, she's going to do the DC TV plugs for us this week. And uh, a special request from Andy was that also, uh, not only was she going to list the plugs and list the podcast, but she's going to describe each of the podcasts in one sentence. Okay. I'm ready. So uh, since this happened on Twitter, I've been preparing myself both <laughs> mentally 
emotionally and physically. I've run up. Uh, I went to Philadelphia and ran up the Rocky Steps. <laughs> then I ran back and came home. I like really, I did some meditation. Did you do some breathing exercises? Breathing exercises. And I just want you to know I'm coming into this like clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So Supergirl Radio the one that you're listening to right now about Supergirl, <laughs> is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you like Arrow, a show about a very sad man, <laughs> The Flash, <laughs> um, a show about Bar- Barry Allen, who you might know as The Flash. <laughs> that's that's my description of The Flash. <laughs> I like that the one that Andy like loves the most is the one where I'm like, The Flash is about The Flash. <laughs> also, um, other characters, uh, <laughs> Le- <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, a show um, that is crazy and has people going into different timelines and uh, and and ruining it and ruining <laughs> those times. Um, if you thought to yourself, "Hey, let's watch a, like a, a show that really understands time travel," this is not the one that you would be watching. Uh, <laughs> Black Lightning, uh, a show that is actually pretty good that somehow I fell off in the first season and never finished four episodes from the end. Batwoman, a show I did not watch the pilot of, but is about somebody named Batwoman uh, who wears a wig that is very red. Not like natural red, but like red the color, like fire engine red. Uh, I don't know why the wig's necessary. Titans, a show that's on a streaming network I did not buy into. Uh, (laughs) The upcoming Stargirl, Spoiler alert, same streaming network, didn't buy into. And Watchmen, a show that's on HBO. Um, I don't have HBO, but I borrow my, I air quotes, borrow my mom's login. So I will probably be watching this one. Um, Also, classic DC TV content like Smallville, where one of the actresses recently got indicted for sex trafficking. (laughs) Subscribe to the DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter. And you know what? Go ahead and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. (laughs) Andy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, Andy. I'm sorry I described The Flash as about The Flash. I legitimately blanked on that one and i've watched several seasons of the show sorry barry allen (laughs) i really should take a picture of my face right now because it's just covered in tears like i look like i've been ugly crying because i've had to confess a secret to lena luther that is that is how uh how much I have tears on my face. Um, I think we should get Morgan back doing the plugs every week. I think this is maybe uh, a new thing we should do. I mean, I mean, maybe I've just found, uh, maybe I found my like rhythm with these plugs again. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe like all the greats. I really just need it to take a step back. And now I'm like releasing my comeback album. <laughs> uh, yes. So in addition to all of that, we also have a tea public store where you can get uh, t-shirts and stickers and all kinds of fun things like mugs and stuff like that uh, laptop cases uh, y- so you can find the link to the T public store at supergirlradio.com at the top of the page please uh, consider going to take a look at the awesome designs in there and supporting the DCTV podcast network yeah there's some great stuff in there and you can follow me on twitter at derbykid and instagram at the derbykid I'm also a contributor to JLU podcast which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com 
And if you want to hear me attempt some voice acting, you can subscribe to a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. And in the most recent episode, I think it's Operation Devastation Part 1 that was released, I uh, I I usually get the full scripts of the episodes. I think normally like people who kind of come in as guest stars in every episode only get their parts, but because I play Leanne and have to kind of know what's going on throughout the episode, um, Bill will send me the full scripts, and I don't know who's playing some of the parts. And so I listened to the Operation Devastation Part 1 episode, and I was like, oh my gosh, my character Leanne is interviewing uh, Morgan Glennon's character. Had no idea. <laughs> so that was a nice little surprise when I listened to that episode. So you never know what's going to happen on The Fakest. Exactly. And if you're a fan of Supergirl Radio and you want to hear us talk to each other again, but without <laughs> knowing it, <laughs> go on over to The Fakest. Um, you can also, you can find me on Twitter and uh, and, and Instagram, I guess, as well, at, at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, you can find me on The Fakest in the latest episode. I, um, sadly enough, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I really want to because I want to uh, hear Rebecca interview me without knowing it. You guys, Morgan is so good. Morgan is so good in it. I mean, I tried. Uh, like, I'm not sure if it was as good as those plugs, but... <laughs> I think I set a high bar for myself. <laughs> um, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast because we have such a very, very, very long break. We've been diving into some historical um, Legends of Tomorrow content where we uh, tell you some uh, some history lessons on some of the bad guys that they may or may not feature next season uh, because they're bringing in some historical baddies. So we did a uh, historical baddie episode that we had to split into two parts. And uh, later this month, we're going to be um, recording an episode about uh, serial killers because we think Ooh. that they might have some of those in there, which is, uh, which is also a, a interest of mine. Uh, I have many strange interests, <laughs> like hope, I'm sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so we thought it would be a good spooky, like Halloween episode. Mm. Like, ooh. so that that should be fun. That does sound like a lot of fun because I enjoyed the the first go around. So I'm I'm excited to hear uh, more about the history that you guys are going to go through on that episode. Well, exciting stuff for Legends of Tomorrow podcast. I think it's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio on the Season 5 premiere titled Event Horizon. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And it's easy to be like Supergirl. You just have to fight for what's right. And always tell the truth. Tell the truth.